Imagine what you could do if you had hundreds of years of influencer wisdom at your fingertips. So head over to theinfluencervault.com today and sign up to grab your free copy of our brand new top 10 influencer insights guide. You won't regret it. So again, that's at theinfluencervault.com. Go there today to grab the brand new top 10 influencer insights guide. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Let's Do Influencing. everybody. It is Corey Poirier, and we're back with the brand new episode of the show. I'm really excited to have a first-time guest here today, Tammy Wise. And Tammy, I'm so excited to have you here today. Uh, I think your name's so appropriate because I'm sure you're going to drop some wisdom for us today. Uh, so Tammy, where we usually like to start, which is a little bit different than a lot of shows, is we like to get our guests to tell them, uh, tell, you know, tell us a little bit about themselves uh, for those that might be discovering them for the first time. And I'll add a preface to that, that it doesn't matter how deep or how little you go into that because we're going to ask you some questions anyway. So just a little bit about yourself for those that might be meeting you for the first time. All right. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Corey. It's nice to be here. Um, I come in as a Broadway dancer turned down minister. Um, and my interest in dance didn't start with interest in dance. My um, When I was young, uh, between the ages of 10 and 13, I was sexually abused by my father. And during these episodes, I would disassociate. And in these moments, I would feel my energy body stretched between earth and sky in such a way that plugged me into what felt like source. And I felt plugged into something bigger than me, something that made me feel relevant and important, safe, and strong. And then I would ping pong right back into my tension filled curled up body. So at a very young age, I got really clear on the difference between tension and strength. And I don't believe people really understand the difference between tension and strength. They work from their tension a lot. And so that has become my specialty. So I found this, this gift in, in the rough of my childhood. <laughs> and um, it has served me in regard to having a very successful dance career. And um, I was fascinated with energy after that. So then I developed into a down minister and the various healing arts that that covers. And so I have been studying the body, whether it's through the performing or the healing arts my entire life. And so now I bring to the table a method that I call body logos, which means the body's divine wisdom. Mm. Which is kind of intriguing that your name is wise. And, uh, and you know, you, you're working with something that's divine wisdom. I think it's just kind of appropriate. Uh, I don't believe in coincidences. So I think there's a synchronicity there probably. Uh, so Tammy, I guess, there, I mean, there's so many things to unpack there and so many directions to go. Yeah. I think the first one I wanted to ask you about is when you talk about, you know, the body and, and sort of how we treat it and posture and all those kind of things, what I, we hear this a lot that our natural posture, like what our body should have is different than what we want to go to 
you know, I guess like we maybe lean over and hunch or what have you, but obviously that's probably not how the body was designed to be dealt with. And so my question first and foremost is what's the kind of the myth and the truth there? Like what, how should we be sitting for instance, how should we be standing and, and what's the difference? Why should we bother? Yeah, it's a great question um, because really shouldn't, shouldn't posture be natural? And the truth is posture is natural. Good posture is natural. If you lay down horizontal on the ground, you feel your head, your shoulder blades, your sacrum, your calves and your heels all bear down into the floor. This is your natural precise posture. So if you ever have a question, how much curve should I have in my low back? How much softness should I have in my knees? How much arc should I have in my neck? If you have these questions, lie on the floor on your back, relax for a minute, let your bones settle you because you learn to relax through your bones and you learn to do stuff through your muscles. So the bones are going to guide you to your greatest, most optimal and vital posture. Now, the reason that when we become upright, things go all astray is because our soft tissues carry our story. So your posture is always telling your life story. And those things that are unresolved in your life story come across as tension and they create misalignment in your posture. So your go-to place is your familiar story. Right. Now, of course, computer instruments, they all create a um, tendency to do a certain thing. And so there, you have that influence as well. But you can never forget the, that chronic tension that you carry around in your body is your life story crying out, going, hey, 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 pay attention to me. Like, I need you to pay attention. Something's not right here. And so very often we just get angry at our tension. We think, oh, come on. God, my body is so unforgiving. We're not paying attention. It, need, it needs you to hear what it's saying mm. and, and have some compassion and care. And then it can begin to unravel it. So now... This begs another question, <clears throat> excuse me, and I know you kind of touched on this just a minute ago as well, but the reason that our body likes the idea of what's not good for it, did you say that's really a behavioral thing? Like that's a thing where we've conditioned it that way over the years? Is that? It's a response. It's okay. the response to our story. So if, if say you are heartbroken, your heart center is gonna crush back into what I call the back cave. It stays in the shadow. It may not be able to enter the room at the same time as your head and your pelvis does. It just stays a little bit more back because there's unresolved um, beliefs. So two things happen when you get disappointed or trauma happens. Um, your body has a tension response to whatever is unlikable, right? And, and your mind, decides something. It creates a belief about something. And that tension pattern and that belief are in cahoots. And you live your life from their dominance until you unlatch it and you start to break it down and recognize what actually went astray there. So until you get back in alignment in that place in your life, that tension pattern, that belief will keep running your life. It's familiar, but it's not necessarily preferable. 
And so, <clears throat> excuse me, having said that, is that I assume, and I know we always say you should never assume. I, I like to shift that and say, I'm going to conclude because then people can't say, you know what assume means. But um, I, I'm going to conclude or assume that there's nothing we can do previous to the stuff happening to make sure our body always stays in alignment whenever we have those heartbreaking moments of that. Like, is there anything we can do in the maintenance side so that if we have a heartbreak, that our body doesn't still feel the effects? Because I'm sure that's the natural body response because fight and flight exists. I don't know if we can trick it to not exist. I guess yeah. that's my question. Can Is there anything we can do in the front end so we never deal with that anymore? <laughs> on the back end or is it just we have to deal wouldn't with that be nice but you know there is disappointment and there is trauma that happens in life and really the goal i believe is to stay as present as possible in situations right so that in the moment of a disappointment that you can both with your mind and body stay as aligned and neutral. I use the term neutral alignment, which brings about neutral attention. And this way, life doesn't have to be a certain way for us to be able to accept what is, mm. right? So if we can live that way, but hey, things come up on us quickly and unexpectedly. Oftentimes trauma happens when you're a child, when you don't have the maturity yet to Take a breath, pause. Breathing is essential to be present. Just come back to the breath, come back to the body, come back to your posture, come back to what you know. Plug in between earth and sky because they are always on your side. The universe is for you, not against you. So whatever it is that's happening that's unpleasant, it's our task to find the gift in whatever's happening. It may not be apparent at first sight. <laughs> Sometimes that takes a little work, but that's our task here on this planet. That's our work here. It, 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 I'll tell you why I asked it, because it always intrigues me when you talk about people, let's say like <clears throat> Deepak Chopra or you know the Dalai Lama or Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, who wrote The Four Agreements, you know, and he knows the Toltec wisdom, you, you, you always wonder, like, did they still experience that? Or have they got to come to a point, you know, after meditating X amount of hours a day and stuff like that, where on the front end, they built a force field <laughs> to that. Like, I, and I guess maybe they still experience it, but their shift is so much quicker than ours. Like maybe yes. they, they experience it, but they shift immediately. Like maybe that's what it is. So they still have it. It's just that they know how to adapt to it quicker than somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, I think we always have to remember that we are all human. We may all be at different levels of evolution, but we are still all human and we still all experience very similar things. And so, yeah, I think I think your uh, conclusion is good that that they their transition time is faster. And, you know, having said that, I, I did and I haven't seen it, so I shouldn't speak on it until I see it, but I'll just I'll just say my understanding of it. Uh, there's a Deepak Chopra documentary, and I think it's called Becoming Deepak or something like that. And my understanding of it is, from reading an article, so I'm assuming the article is accurate, that what happened was his son made the documentary, went on a trip with him, and Deepak thought the documentary was about like this trip they're going on and all the people they're going to work with and that. But really, his son wanted to show Deepak in real life. And so what the biggest thing on the documentary focused on is the fact that when he misplaced his phone, how tense he got and how everything changed. Like all the years of practice of everything went out the window because even in all of his wisdom, he got addicted to his phone. 
basically. Yeah. And and it wasn't like once. Like what happened was his son kept taking his phone on him. And, oh. <laughs> and Deepak kept saying, well, what am I losing my mind? Why am I keep losing my phone over? No, I don't. I mean, this has never happened to me. But he was actually stressed about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I mean, for somebody watching it, what it does is it makes him more humanized. I don't think it probably hurt him that much, but it still goes to the point of we're all human. Yes. Like yes. That, that a phone could stress out somebody who meditates, you know, whatever, five hours a day or something. It's yeah, and, we, and we can't forget that there's a little bit of gaslighting there because the son kept stealing the phone. So he's like, wait, right. am I going crazy? Yeah. And that, <laughs> I and that's know crazy. I just set the phone down here. <laughs> that's you got, you got to make a good point because it could be a double layer thing. It could be that he's going, I want my phone, but he also could be saying, what's going on with my mind? Why do I yeah. keep losing my phone? Like, is something happening here that I'm not aware of? Yeah. So yeah, there, that's a good point. <laughs> but the son to do it must have known, like must have noticed that Deepak reacted differently with losing his phone than he does in his books and everything else. There was a reason why the son wanted to highlight Sure, that. sure. But I mean, so it's funny because it's a follow-up to what I just said in the sense that it just goes back to prove he still deals with two. I'm sure his body was tense whenever he couldn't find his phone or yes. when he thought he was losing his mind. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> right. so I, I just thought I'd ask you that in terms of uh, is this something that we can do a preventative maintenance to? And it sounds like the preventative maintenance is to work on how we deal with it when it happens. Yeah, and, and getting present. Yeah, getting present. And I can actually share with you a three breath reset that helps you get present very quickly. And that. it sets you up for the computer or for whatever task you're about to do. So I can guide you through that right now if you'd like. Love it. All right, great. So if you're sitting, you're going to um, sit so that your feet are close enough to the chair that your weight's on the ball of your foot rather than the heels, but your heels are grazing the floor. Right. You're not going to use the back of the seat. You're going to sit up tall. So you're going to feel the crown of your head open to the sky and your sits bones dropping through the seat. And then place your hands on your low belly. Your center of gravity is three fingers below your belly button. So I want you to put your hands right at your center, right at the sun of your personal universe and take a great big breath into your hands like a big Buddha belly. And as you exhale, I want you to drop your weight through your sits bones, through the balls of the feet and connect to the earth. And not only do I want you to feel your weight surrendering, your bones dropping, I want you to feel how the earth is coming up under you to hold you. She's alive. It is an active, awake relationship between you and she. And then take another breath into your hands. And on the next exhale, I want you to allow it to elevate through your heart center, through your crown center towards the heavens. And let it just continue to float upward, not with any sort of muscular effort, but with a yawn-like quality. And as you continue to elevate, I want you to feel as though you could touch the heavens. You're expanding beyond your body, beyond your energy body. Now take a third breath into your hands. And on this exhale, you're going to feel both a downward grounding from your center of gravity and an upward elevation from your center of gravity and expand equally in both directions. Plug into both earth and sky and feel it continue to expand like an accordion, giving space to the inside of your body, placing space between the bones. And allow yourself to not only be in your life, but to also be so expanded that you're a witness to your life. 
and then open your eyes and try to sustain that witnessing. Now, if you were to sit down at your computer, do this three breath reset, and then place your hands palms up on each side of your keyboard, and just feel your shoulder blades drop through your elbows. You're gonna feel very grounded in that upward rise through the crown of your head. It helps you stay in that stretch. Now there's a very long tendon between the two bones in your forearm that allow you to just flip your palms over, not using your elbows or your wrist, it's really your forearm, and you type from there. Your elbows splaying outward is the beginning of the end. You start to drop right into that computer crunch and you start to become one with your computer and you cease to be separate from the mechanics. <laughs> And so it's really important that you remember your position. That computer is your tool. You are not its tool. Its information comes to you for you to digest and bring something back. It's a circle. It needs both of you to um, integrate, but not to <laughs> become glued together. You both have your own own job in, in the relationship. And when, when information passes through you, it's going through your mind's IQ, but it's also going through your body's intelligence. So where your mind's IQ is very thinky, a little colder, your body's intelligence is warmer. It's got feeling senses. It's compassionate. It's got empathy. It's got sympathy. It's got connection. It's a vibration. It's much warmer than the thinking of the, of the mind. And so if they can inform each other, it's a nice balance. Love it. That's amazing. I also, I, I also like the, the, the <clears throat> feeling of almost like the guided meditation aspect of what you did as well. Yeah, it, it is nice to be led, isn't it? Very nice to be led. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I'm a, I, you know what people, this, I mean, this is a side note, but when it comes to meditation, people are certainly uh, different in that aspect. I know some people that don't like guided meditation at all. They just want to be you know, with themselves. And I mean, and the idea of I'm sitting with myself only, I'm in the moment with just me. And then other people can't meditate unless they have somebody guiding them. Exactly, exactly. And, and I don't think there's any right or wrong, by the way, with meditation. That's no, I don't think so either. I, I think they both work very nicely. I mean, recently I'm, I'm very self-motivated. I have a private practice. Everything is about me creating my life, right? And um, I'm typically the boss in the relationships <laughs> in, in my work, right? And I went out on this bird walk in New York City through Central Park. And there's this part that's called the Brambles and it's lots of little pads and it's easy to get lost. And, and at a certain point, I had no idea where I was. I've lived in New York City for like over 40 years and I had no idea where I was. And I went, I'm just following, this is so great. Like, I have no idea where I am and I love it. <laughs> That's, that's fantastic. And yeah, I, I um, I'm trying to remember, I, I've been at Central Park once in my life, but I walked the entire park, like it was like a full day adventure, basically. Yeah. And I'm yeah. trying to remember which area that is now. But I mean, I guess it's a side note. But uh, do you know, do you, would you, uh, are you familiar with Central Park? Like, have you been there many times? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so is it near the, this is a kind of random, but this is the part I remember the most when I was there. Is it near the John Lennon memorial thing? Um, Strawberry Fields, that's at 72nd Street. So the Brambles would be um, above the reservoir. Okay. So yeah. it's a little bit more north. It's a little higher than Strawberry Fields. Okay. That's, I mean, I'm a John Lennon fan. So I re remembered that spot yeah. and I took a picture. Not, I won't for, never forget this. This is a side note for the viewers and listeners, but I took a, maybe it's a lesson too. I took a photo of John and I did the, um, I did um, like the piece thing, I guess is supposed to be like this. Yeah. Uh, for those watching, like the two fingers upward, I had them sideways reversed. And what I found out is that's like an ins like that's like um, an insult or what have you in um, in England. So here I am in front of John Lennon taking the picture, doing an insult. Yeah, like and I didn't know, right? Like it's it's funny how in one place it means one thing and one place it means something else. But basically, for those that are wondering what I'm talking about, my cousin said, "Do you know what that means?" He like private messaged me. And I didn't know, so I Googled it. And basically it's like giving the middle finger to somebody. Oh my goodness, who knew? And you know, a lot of rappers do that. Yeah. Right? I, like I didn't know. I didn't but know. But now, that of either. course, I don't think in North America it means that at all. It's just, but I mean, so, but it's just kind of ironic that it'd be in front of Strawberry Fields that I would do it. <laughs> so I, obviously, I'll never forget that area. And I know that obviously for a reason that is right in front of the Dakota, the building that he was that shot he in front lived. of. That's yeah. Right. Uh, so anyway, I digress. But for those that, you know, that's a lesson, maybe a side lesson that wasn't necessary for people about uh, <laughs> the culture and what that, that sometimes your symbols mean when you don't realize it. Right. So I guess circling back then, Tammy, uh, as far as the work you do, what is the, I mean, I'm thinking now from the person listening in that might want to reach out to you, what is the core benefit you see of the work that you do? Like what is, and maybe a good way to handle that is what do you hear from people after they work with you? Well, you know, um, I'm I'm right now, um, I've developed a program online that's called the Relaxed Strength Challenge, and it works with a fitness practice app that I created during COVID um, because I was stuck in my home. I couldn't see people one-on-one, -on -one, so I was like, well, let's do this. So I created this app, and I love this program. It allows me to teach body logos, not just train through the lens of body logos, but actually teach people to have their own mastery, their own um, ability to self-analyze what's going on uh, with their tension template. But um, I just did a, a, a testimonial video with somebody who took the last um, group. And he said, you know, now he used to be like a government guy that has a lot of top official information that nobody else is allowed to know, like top secret stuff. So he carries a lot right? He's got a lot on his shoulders, carrying a lot. He's just retired. And he said, when you're a child, you're born with this natural confidence because you don't know any better. And as you get older, it gets kind of chipped away at, you start to question people, you start to not trust, and it gets chipped away at. And the relaxed strength challenge gave me that childlike confidence back hmm. and I thought wow what a beautiful beautiful way to say it I would have never said it quite that way but I thought what a beautiful expression I do definitely say that it that that body logos the method um helps you with confidence and I don't mean like I have a lot of clients who are very successful 
in business and finance and banking in, um, you know, not, not necessarily just the arts, but also desk jobs, right? And um, they might be very successful and have everything money can buy, but they still don't have self-confidence. They're still chasing their strength in their workout. They're never strong enough. They're chasing their success in their job. They're never enough. It, it's this, it battles the I'm not enough um, epidemic that seems to be everywhere in no matter how successful you are, you can still feel like you're not enough and everything becomes a competition instead of a time to spend with oneself. That's what the workout is, is really for. It's for you, not to prove you. It's just for you to be with you and learn to appreciate you and all your uniquenesses and recognize what's unique about your strength. It doesn't have to compare to someone else's or some ideal. It's about learning who you are. You're spending time with your body. It's always going to be telling you who you are. And, and so I, I'm trying to bring people back to that. And maybe my, my mission is to redefine strength. I mean, to me, strength is being able to come up against resistance, create a change you want to make without compromising yourself. And what I see in the gym is people compromising their alignment all over the place just to pick up something heavy. So they can say they did it. Like, what is this accomplishing? You're sacrificing you every time you make that choice. And every time you choose to work at your limit, not, all, not only are you learning who you are, but you're exercising that muscle of choosing you. I love that. So, you know, the most important question, perhaps, Tammy, that I'm going to ask today uh, and, and then I'm going to follow up with one final question. But the most important question I'm going to ask is how we can connect with you and learn more. So people that want to reach out, people that want to follow you, reach out and say hi, or uh, they want to, uh, you know, become the perfect version of themselves and they want to get help you, uh, get you to help them align to that. Uh, where would you normally send them? Is there a hub or a place you'd normally send people? Yeah, they could come to my website, bodylogos.com. That's B-O-D-Y-L-O-G-O-S. Love it. And that was dot com. And then... The other question I said I wanted to ask you is the question I usually try to ask everybody I bring onto the show. It's been a little while since I asked it. I've been dropping the ball on it. So I thought I'd ask you this question to finish things out is if you could go back in time, it's my time machine question. If you could go back in time and talk to a younger Tammy and give her some life advice based on what you've learned in the years since, what do you think you might tell a younger Tammy? Love yourself. Trust yourself. Trust yourself above all else, really. What I you feel matters. Hundred percent, and I love that answer. And I'm going to tell you, you're in you're in uh, good company because I've asked that question now over five thousand times. And my third TEDx talk I did was about what would you tell your younger self basically it was that question. And I shared the results essentially, because I want people to discover this earlier in life. And the common thread was you're on the right path that, you know, people go, would go back and say to them, stop trying to change everything because you need to make these mistakes. Or they would say the thing that you're stressed about right now won't matter in a year's time. 
Now, I jokingly said the thing people would tell their younger self is when this company called Facebook comes around, buy some stock. And here's the date where you might want to even sell some stock. <laughs> but if they, if they really were just going back to help themselves, I would say some of those things, what you just said, love yourself, you're on the right path, stop beating yourself up. It's amazing how it's almost always that answer. But yet we all almost all have to go through beating ourselves up, trying to tell ourselves we're doing the wrong thing and everything else, rather than just realizing the person that you're going to become later that most people typically end up liking a lot. They couldn't become that person unless they made those mistakes. That's right. That's right. Some things you just have to learn firsthand. Absolutely. <laughs> so I just want to, I just want to validate that your answer is in alignment with what, uh, what I'm going to say the high achievers. Cause uh -huh. I, I mean, I, I interview, uh, you know, what we call influential leaders a lot. And these are people that, by the way, in almost all cases made a lot of mistakes early on. You know, we look at them now like they're on a pedestal, but almost all of them would tell you they made a lot of mistakes. They had a lot of hiccups. They had a lot of self-doubt. They almost gave up a lot of times and they would all say almost always the same thing. So imagine, just imagine if we didn't have to wait till 50 to learn that and we could learn yeah. it. So at some <laughs> point I'm going to go on a mission and speak to universities just about that and colleges and high schools, but that's for another day. Uh, Tammy Wise, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, as promised with your name, I knew you would drop some wisdom bombs. Uh, so Tammy, thank you so much for joining us today. I so appreciate you. With your permission, I'll call it a to be continued because I know we barely scratched the surface. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, I'll call it a to be continued. And at the same time, recommend people go and check you, out your stuff, go visit your website and learn more about the work that you do. Yeah. And, you know, if they come to the website, um, there's a free video that they can uh, download that uh, is uh, how to surrender tension in eight minutes. Ooh, I like it. I'm going to go download it myself here shortly. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tammy. We'll make sure to let people know that. And then we'll put it in the comments as well uh, and below in, in the um, in the notes so people okay. know where that is, too. So I thank you. I appreciate you. And I salute you. And again, to be continued. Thank you very much, Corey. Awesome. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.